What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Money of Blitz's podcast. My name's Kyle. Welcome on back. We're back to it for another episode. Uh, last episode, we talked about players that you should be buying as a contender in your dynasty leagues. This episode, we're going to talk about buyer, players that you should probably be buying in a rebuild. Flip the script a little bit for everybody and uh, just look at things from a little bit of a different perspective. But before we get into any of that, we got to talk about the legend, the man, the myth, the legend that is Tom Brady that continues to grow. Story came out this week. Um, you know, he played through all of last season with a torn MCL. How torn it was? Was it a complete tear, a partial tear? That's been up for discussion and been a conflicting uh, story between reporters. But regardless, the man apparently played with a torn MCL. Went through the whole season, ran through the playoffs, won a Super Bowl, did everything you could possibly do, especially on a brand new offense, brand new team. Uh, so, again, th- he kind of just continues to build on his resume in terms of just being an overall dominating player from the quarterback position and really a dominating athlete as far as I'm concerned. The, the fact that he's doing everything that he's been doing at 43 and then you add in a torn MCL just crazy to me and of course as a Patriots fan I miss him but I wish him all the best continued success in Tampa Bay admittedly I got kind of sick seeing Tampa Bay games every week especially right after Patriots games that got sickening for a bit but hey all the power to him Um, I'm very curious to see what happens to the Tampa Bay organization because apparently you know of course nobody knew about this until now so how this went by without being popping up on the injury report news to me I, I have no idea how that happens but um, we'll just we'll have to see how it plays out if they'll see if the league does anything see if the the team does anything to Brady I highly doubt it I think if anything there'll be some kind of either fine or I don't know draft pick compensation or something for failure to report injuries on the injury report but time will tell as far as that goes so without further ado Uh, Let's get into three more players that we're going to talk about for this episode uh, when we're talking about a rebuilding team. So to start, usually in a rebuild, you're just you're looking to collect draft picks. Usually draft capital is the most important thing you want to have in a rebuild. But of course, you need some players to, to build around that. So I took this list. I took some guys that I think either had a slow start. Uh, their rookie season, maybe their stock is a little bit low. Obviously, if you, you want guys like Justin Jefferson and Justin Herbert and all these great young studs, that's going to cost you an arm and a leg. Um, that's that's going to hurt in the rebuild process. If you didn't get those guys right away, then it's, it's going to cost you a pretty penny. And a lot of that draft capital you're going to need to help rebuild the team, the roster that you have. So... These three guys, I think, will cost you significantly less than you know Justin, uh, Justin Jefferson and Justin Herbert and Kyler Murray's of the world, um, but I think they can give you some solid return. So, first guy I want to talk about, Tua Tagovailoa. Right now, he's going in the fifth and sixth round as far as ADP goes in Superflex drafts. Um, again, kind of going along with this theme, he had it up and down year one. But he finished with 1,800 yards and 11 touchdowns. Of course, he only played in 10 games. 
so he was you know very much on again off again with Fitzpatrick I don't like how they handled that situation I said as much as the season was playing out last year um, I think that they probably had more success than they really planned on having maybe um, it, to me it just it kind of screwed with his development a little bit but I definitely think he has enough tools to really be a success in the NFL. Um, he ranked 26th in terms of supporting cast efficiency, so he didn't have the most in terms of weapons to work with. Um, that led to not a lot of field stretching ability. He had to throw into some tight windows. Some of his receivers weren't, weren't getting the most separation. Um, so it definitely it didn't help him. It was a very defensive team. They didn't really open up the playbook for him. It was kind of a just don't screw up kind of thing, which, I mean, you can see both sides of that argument for a rookie quarterback. You have a guy just coming in, learning an offense. Uh, you want to try and ease him into it. So I can understand at that point. But these kids are coming from college. You know, he came from Alabama. Their pro-style offense is ready to go, ready to rip. So I think that as athletes get better coming into the NFL, we're going to see more quarterbacks especially get drafted right away and start right away. Just because, I mean, unless you already have kind of a proven guy ahead of them and you're just you're a year early as far as drafting a quarterback, just let them play and let them learn on the job. That's As offenses get more and more sophisticated earlier on between um, even some high schools nowadays, but high school, college, and then into the pros, these guys are more ready than probably they've ever been before. So I think they they kind of stunted to his development more than they needed to uh, in Miami, but I think he's going to be poised for a pretty solid season this year. They did address those uh, offensive weapons in the draft with uh, Jalen Waddell, and then of course they signed Will Fuller. He's gonna. Will Fuller is gonna be starting this season. I think it's a two-game suspension, but he, assuming he's healthy and doesn't have to worry about the pet dispenser, um, you know, with the rest of his season being healthy, I think he'll be a key contributor to that offense. So now you have two real field-stretching players, um, so you can really open up the offense. See how that goes. Of course, you still have Miles Gaskin and Mike Gesicki, so some good athletes and the offense was pretty solid last year it just wasn't they didn't have any of that game breaking speed that you would like to see to kind of help facilitate other guys get open and I think Jalen Waddle's a guy that you can just get the ball to him in space and just let him run I mean that happened a good amount in Alabama you give him either a short crossing route or a bubble screen or something just let him go and then Will Fuller can help stretch the field vertically uh, especially like those deep crossing routes or go routes. So I think Tool definitely will see a much improved Tua, I think, from an offensive standpoint in terms of just knowing the offense, but also have more to work with on the outside. So I think he has that going for him. Now we're looking at another year removed from the hip injury he sustained in college. So it'll be very interesting to see how he's healing. It seems to be like he's he's healing up pretty decently. Um, but of course, as the season goes on, we'll, we'll see how that's going. Um, but I, I would expect him to be that much better this year. Some more recovery, some more rehab. Uh, I think that'll, that proves very well for him, but good thing for Tua. He ranked number two in accuracy rating and number three in catchable pass rate. So this was something we knew about Tua coming out of college. He's a very accurate passer. So he already has that going for him. He already has some 
tools in the toolbox to really get the job done. It was mostly about him getting a surrounding cast that'll help him really produce and succeed at a high level. So he's a guy that I would be targeting that should be a little bit of a lower cost. I think some people might be down on him a little bit just because of that slow start to year one. Um, if you're looking to buy, you know, another player to kind of build around, of course, quarterbacks last for a long time. So that'll be the duration of your rebuild. And then some, if you want to ship off a first round pick or, you know, a one and a two or something, you might be able to get it done. Um, that's something I think that is well worth the investment because you can always flip that later on if you really want to get a return and you still end up with a net positive. So uh, that would be my guy to look at in terms of quarterback. Now on to player number two. This is a guy I've been on for pretty much the whole offseason, throughout the whole draft process. He's been my RB2 coming out. Um, I think he has a very bright future for him, and that's Javante Williams. So he's going in the fifth, sixth round in terms of ADP, again, very similar to Tua where he's going. Um, but I think he's going to have the potential for a really slow start with Melvin Gordon ahead of him in the depth chart. There's been a lot of conflicting reports about whether they really want to get Javante going, have him be the starter. Um, but of course, you know, you still have Melvin Gordon ahead of him. So whether that plays out or not, we're going to have to wait and see. I think this is going to be one of those guys that you kind of hope has a slow start. So then you can maybe buy him early on at the beginning of the year at a discount, um, unless you can find that, that kind of discount now, but I'm not super sure about that. So, I definitely think he has long-term value at a position where you don't necessarily get a lot of long-term value, but I think with him having a slow start, it's probably going to end up going to kind of ease him into it so he won't get as many carries that first half of the year, and that'll bring his price down a little bit um, in order to really see him succeed. But some of the things he has going for him, I think he he's going to take over the backfield either by the season's end or going into next year. Uh, I, I think that's the plan for Denver. To me, you don't trade up into the second round if you don't have a long-term plan for a running back that you're going to take there. Uh, of course, they drafted him in front of Miami. I think if they didn't trade in front of Miami, Miami would have took him just as well. But um, it, obviously the talent is there. Uh, we covered him in the, our draft episode for the, the running backs, so all the measurables and stuff are all there uh, if you want to go back and, and check that out. But he... He's surrounded by receiving weapons, so that'll open up a lot of running lanes for him. Of course, in North Carolina, he ran a lot out of shotgun, so it was a lot of uh, room to run, and everything was kind of spread out for him. But when you're talking about a guy we're going to talk about later on in Jerry Judy uh, and Cortland Sutton coming back, KJ Hamler, you have uh, Noah Fant there too. A lot of offensive weapons to, to go around, a lot of other threats that you can't necessarily key in on just Javante Williams. So, to me, he's. I think he's going to be a stud long-term. I, I think he's going to be a very solid running back for a lot of people. I think a close comparison to him could be Chris Carson. Uh, I think that's one of those that kind of maybe goes under the radar. He's not going to be super flashy or not going to be like a CMC Dalvin Cook type where he's that really upper echelon type player. But I think he'll be very solid and a difference maker for a lot of teams. A solid RB2, uh, RB3 flex play, something on a week-to-week -week basis. So he produced at a high level in college. I 
don't see why he wouldn't be able to produce in Denver once he's given the workhorse role. Of course, Melvin Gordon got that workhorse role, and I think it, it made him finish uh, somewhere in the RB2 range. Um, so there's definitely potential in that offense to um, to produce and to be very fantasy relevant for people. So I expect to see that come out of him. We'll see how that ends up playing out, but I think maybe you can try and swing him for a first uh, if somebody isn't super high on him right now. They they took him because it felt like the right pick, but you know, or if news comes out that Melvin Gordon is going to start the year as the the RB one, and someone is a little bit of an impatient owner, maybe you can uh, steal him off that owner, and you know, it doesn't really matter if you're going to rebuild. You're, you're here for the long term anyway, so you don't want a ton of points. Um, you know, you're trying to get those high those high picks going into next year. So he's somebody that's a good stash, uh, especially if he doesn't start out fast. He's a good stash that you know will eventually or should at least eventually pay off. So it's a calculated risk as far as that goes. But you look for those guys that kind of they have their price driven down, and then that's when you strike you know you get the price where it's driven down and then you get the return on investment in time hopefully as the player pans out so that would be my target uh one player i would target for the running back position and the last player i'm going to talk about uh, at the wide receiver position we kind of made reference to it a little bit earlier on it's jerry judy uh for him sixth seventh round uh, adp and in going in drafts right now he was actually ranked number two in unrealized air yards in 2020. So basically what that means is for all the routes that he ran and all the um, time he was on the field and the ball was thrown to him, wasn't able to, either it was uncatchable or something along those lines where he basically didn't make the play. But he was certainly involved in the offense. Of course, you had Cortland Sutton go down last year, missed all year with a torn ACL. So that kind of thrust Jerry Judy to be that number one wide receiver at, in his rookie year. It was a tough ask, but that's kind of the way it goes in the NFL. And he also ranked number seven in deep targets. So they used him in that field stretcher role. Um, and unfortunately, it just kind of didn't pan out as much as people may have hoped, um, especially with him coming out of college. He was such a big receiving threat for Alabama. And then it almost kind of felt like you got a downgrade when he went to Denver between having to deal with Drew Locke and Kendall Hinton and all the nonsense that they were dealing with at the quarterback position last year. And of course, in a COVID year, you kind of give rookies a little bit of a pass at least just because they were dealing with so much stuff between not being able to be at camps and not being able to physically be on the field and remote learning and all that nonsense. So he definitely had a lot of stuff going against him, but I also think for owners that kind of helps drive his price down because there's a lot of question marks regarding who's going to quarterback going to be long term what the situation is what what is his role now coming back when with Cortland Sutton coming back so there's a few questions around it but I think the talent is there so that way he can be of a real contributor long term uh, he did rank number 11th in yards per reception at 16 and a half that's kind of a big deal for me uh, just because he was seen as that big playmaker, he got once he did make those catches, he was getting a lot of yards after the catch. He was making you know big plays. So to me, that's something that's worth noting because you're going to get big plays out of this receiver, um, especially at, as your wide receiver two or three. 
I think that's pretty big because that can help you win some weeks. Those big plays help you win weeks. So he's always been an elite route runner. Uh, he's consistently won at the line of scrimmage. He had a very, he has a very good release at the line of scrimmage. Of course, we kind of knew that coming out of Alabama. Very solid, sound route runner. So the talent is definitely there. That talent got him a first-round draft capital. I think it was picked 15 uh, when he was drafted. So very solid receiver, very talented. He just needs to kind of put it all together. And where that happens is at the quarterback position. Drew Locke either needs to take a big step up in his development or – Teddy Bridgewater just needs to win the job. That's going to be kind of the interesting part in terms of how that plays out. As of right now, at least, it doesn't seem like there's a clear-cut QB1 right now. I have a feeling it'll end up being Drew Locke. I think they're trying to really give him the chance to, to win the job. I think they just brought Teddy in to help push him and help push his development because Drew Locke's the guy they drafted. You know, he's the guy that the the organization really bought into so I think they really want to see that investment succeed um, Teddy Bridgewater to me he's by no means a long-term solution at this point he's a journeyman you know he comes in when there's injuries or something's going on and kind of just helps keep things afloat he's not a real difference maker however he did help support two top 24 wide receivers last year and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson so it's not a death sentence for Jerry Judy Cortland Sutton anybody like that if Teddy B does end up winning the job. Does he stretch the field as much? No, but I think Jerry Judy's game is sound enough, and I think that the Denver offensive coordinator and coaching staff can help facilitate getting the ball in Jerry Judy's hands. He's too talented of a player not to do that, so either way, they will have to find a way to make it work, I think. So um, it'll be interesting, really, to see how it plays out, but I think it'll end up being Drew Locke that wins the job, and if that's the case, I mean, I'm perfectly fine with it because that means he he probably beat Teddy B outright and he's probably the, the better guy for the job. And that also means the ball's getting pushed downfield a little bit more. So I think Jerry Judah will get a little bit of help. Having a healthy Cortland Sutton, hopefully healthy Cortland Sutton back, gets a little bit of pressure off him, rotates a little bit of coverage off of him so he can maybe get some more one-on-one matchups and really win at the point of the catch and also just win off the line of scrimmage with his elite ability. And uh, I think that'll help, um, you know, owners, especially long-term, whereas prices, again, driven down a little bit more this year. Because of those questions, it'll really give you a return on investment, and then you can really cash in as he starts to continue to develop, as he continues to really develop his game and uh, really thrive, hopefully, in that offense. So I just made a trade for him uh, recently, and it, it involved Tyler Lockett, and um, another player I'm actually drawing a blank on right now. But to me, I, I'm a believer in Jerry Judy's talent. I'm a believer in what he can be. So I think long-term that'll be really helpful. Oh, it was uh, Tyler Lockett and Paris Campbell for Jerry Judy. So to me, I sent that trade out kind of as a, all right, let me put it out as a feeler to see how that works. And it got accepted right away. So We'll see. Time will tell if I got swindled or not, and I'm an idiot, but I don't think so. I think long-term, especially, Jerry Judy is the guy I want. Tyler Lockett was too much of a hit-or-miss kind of guy last year. He was very boom-bust. Of course, you know, at the end of the year, it, it led him to a high finish, but on a points-per-game basis, it was it was very tough to rely on him consistently. I think Jerry Judy is going to be a long-term solution for Denver, and I think he could be a long-term solution for a lot of you guys. So, that's all I got for this episode. Um, 
you know, let me know what you guys think. Thank you for all the listeners and continue our our growth and we're we're really building something here. So I'm glad to see you know all the interactions I'm seeing on Twitter, all the um, positive responses for the show. So I really appreciate it, and we're going to be doing some more of these, especially as training camp starts to open up soon, and uh, we're getting into football season, guys. So I'm uh, that's all I got for this one. Take care. Have a great day. Peace.